the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you in association with Rebel, 442's official football retail partner. Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me, as always, is editor Aidan Ormond. Hello. And online editor Kevin Ayres. Paul Garot. And we have packed the broom cupboard this week. We have two very special guests. Friend of the pod uh, from Fox Sports, Adam Peacock. Jesus, squishy in here. <laughs> from Western Sydney Wanderers, goalkeeper Jared Tyson. Welcome, mate. It's an honour to be here. What do we sing for? We sing for Wanderers. All right, we are going to change our format slightly to, uh, to accommodate the views of our guests. So we're going to obviously kick off with the Socceroos from last night. Then we are going to turn our attention to A-League and uh, review round 26. And obviously talk to Jared about what it's been like being inside the, uh, the Wanderers camp. And then we'll preview uh, round 27 action as part three. So uh, let's kick off. I'm sure we've all got plenty to say about last night. Um, Ado. Yeah. I was with you at the game. I saw your tantrum five minutes before half-time as he stormed off saying, I've had enough of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And proceeded to run into the bar. Now you've you've had time to think about it. Wish I could have done the same. (laughs) What do we think? Um, Let's start about the game, first of all. um, Well, well, I mean, from alarm bells were ringing when I saw the starting lineup. I didn't see enough creativity in that that starting eleven. We played at an awfully slow pace, and I think Bozza spoke for everyone where he said that some players just didn't seem to want to be there. I just thought we played at a slow pace, uh, and they sat back and they they, were, they played very narrow, and we just couldn't pass our way through. Um, and Timmy and um, and Brett Holman saved us. So there's no for me. I don't feel any. Passion. I mean, I love the Socceroos. I, I, I'm a Socceroo man. It just hurts me to see them just get away with a draw against the poor side. Kev, uh, Tim Kale and Schwartz at post-game both said that they had a game plan and it didn't. they didn't carry it out. I'm not sure. I couldn't look at that starting lineup and see what the game plan was. Oh, look, what was the game plan we think that yeah, they didn't carry out? I've no idea. And I tell you, you know, that's... How many times have we heard that excuse from them? No, because I mean that's last four or five games we've had the same line trotted out that yet the players didn't listen to what I told them or we didn't play the game plan we'd intended to or we were a bit lax in uh, camp and we took that into the game. That's just unforgivable and it all boils down to Holger. He should not be turning out a team that goes onto the field with that lack of intensity, without that uh, desire to win. You would never have guessed that the, the whole road to Rio rested on that game from the way they played that first half. They were jogging at the ball. Nobody was running at the ball. When they lost the ball, they weren't trying to get the ball back again. There was no intensity, there was no desire to win or even just to keep up with a man in that team. As far as the selection goes, you know, it was, I think, you know, the most telling thing was Holger's comments afterwards about uh, the being disappointed uh, in his younger players. Cruz and Orr were Cruz was one of the best players on the pitch. Why he got pulled, I've got no idea whatsoever. Uh, that was m- insane. When Brosk was doing an average job at best. Well, uh, there was only two players under 25, so it's not like exactly. you take the starting line yeah. with youngsters. That, and, and therefore, you can assume that Cruz, you probably say he wasn't 
referring to. I wouldn't have thought so. I thought if, he had a good if, game. But he pulled him so off he, anyway. So he's aiming both barrels there at James Holland, which I think is, is I think pretty it's a, unfair. I think it's a, an appalling way for a coach to behave, to pinpoint players in that way, to you know smash young players, up-and-coming players. He has a problem with youth. He's trying to prove a point almost every game now, in either his selections or his comments afterwards. I don't know what his problem is, but it's not doing us any favours. We honestly have to get rid of him now. Jared, from a player's perspective, first half, I mean, obviously, you know, the stats tell one story, which was 65% possession, but the other stats, no shots on target, tells the other. And Australia had plenty of the ball, but not in areas that they were ever going to hurt them on. And Amar yeah, quite exactly to sit right. back two narrow banks of four and let the Socceroos play around them. Yeah, I was at the game with a few of the boys from the team, and um, so I wasn't able to hear much of the, uh, the commentary. Um, but just going to, to Aidan's comment, about Bozza saying that some of the boys looked like they didn't want to be there. It's interesting because a lot of the people that we were sitting around were saying the exact same thing out loud. Um, there were a few boys that just didn't seem to, to, to give the energy that you would expect players give when they're representing their country. And, and that, was the, that was the disappointing thing for, for me to see. And certainly um, being involved in a club where we, we certainly pride ourselves on, on every opportunity giving the best that we have. Um, I don't think we really saw that um, last night. And I think that was one of the, the real contributing factors to maybe not getting the result. I mean, with, with players like Yedinak towards the end, I mean, admittedly <laughs> he'd had a lot to do. He, he covered a lot of ground, particularly in the second half when we were effectively playing with four or five strikers. But he was running, he was, he was on standstill. And he, Brett he Holman couldn't, couldn't, yeah, couldn't well, run, you know, yeah. even when he, thank God, found that strength in his right foot. But, you know, but there, Adam, you know, this, this is a guy that hasn't started for three months. Uh, Brett Holman hasn't started a game for Villa since since the Liverpool game in December. Since January 20, he's played 33 minutes yeah. for Aston Villa. He was gone. Before he scored the goal, he, oh, was, yeah, walking he was walking back to half Ange pointed it out um, when we were sitting. And we, we had the advantage, was it, I guess a little bit of an advantage, of sitting really high and seeing all the movement and patterns of play. Just back to the whole thing of when they walked on the ground, um, they didn't seem up for it. They just seemed unsure, unsure of themselves. And that was for two reasons. They caught the early goal which they got on the break, and it came from shock horror, not contesting a long ball from Al Habsi, as the guys in the, the newly coined football factory, Mark Rune and Ante Milicic, pointed out <laughs> last night before the game on Fox. But then after that, they seemed more unsure of themselves because Holland and Jedinak, two very similar players, James Holland in Austria, um, his coach pretty much forbids him to go any much further than the, the centre circle in the opposition half. He's not allowed to. I think, because his job is to protect the back four and he does it bloody well. Mila Yedinak plays a very similar role. He gets a bit more forward for Crystal Palace, but they're, they're two very similar players. Then you look ahead of him and you've got Brett Holman. And no offence to Brett, he was trying his backside off. But his first six touches, he either gave the ball away yeah. or passed it straight backwards. Yeah. They needed Mark Bresciano. And I took a big gulp, I dare say Aiden did as well, when he saw that team sheet and there was no Mark Bresciano on it. Because he's the one guy that can pick a pass left, right, Forward, long, short. But his first instinct is forward. The yeah, first yeah. place he looks is forward, and he only goes sideways or backwards if there's nothing on. And I so, actually thought James Holland was trying that at times mm. as well. To, well, for me, the, the ones in midfield, he was early on the only one that was trying to, to go forward at times. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Just that next pass going forward into a Bresciano um, just wasn't there for him. There was, there was no one. There was no one in that. There was no one in that creative space no, in the first half. Gap. There was the back four, and there were players wide, and there was Tim centrally, 
and 20 metres by 30 metres where a number 10 should be, where there was no one. There yeah. was no one to play a forward pass to. And they were cutting out the passing lanes into Kale's feet. So it was just going from one side of the pitch to the other. And they're like, this is great. We'll just shuffle across and do it again. So that's where the mentality... no one in that space. Yeah, that's where the mentality came from. They were unsure and it just snowballed from there. And poor James Holland was getting frustrated. Yedinak was getting frustrated because he he felt like he was just chasing the ball. Because they they had some quality around the middle of the park. And they were were passing it nicely. And they looked like they were the ones who had met each other before the game. Us... It looked like we just rocked up after having one training session and, and trying but, to get. But is, it. We but is that acceptable? We've been lauding the fact that finally, for once, we have got a week together. They're here for a week. Yeah, it's like it's didn't make the most no. of it. I think, I, mean, al- I think also, I think you, know, you, ha- you have to fear your manager. I think I think it's important. And if you don't fear your manager, then I think players do get a little comfortable. And I, I just we'll felt come to you next, Joe. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, think, I think it is good to fear your manager, and I don't, I don't sense that there's a great fear out there of um, the wrath of Holder. Well, I think the other thing as well is the experienced players were essentially the ones who mostly didn't seem to have the zip about them. And they're the ones who are guaranteed a shoe into the into the side under Holger because he will always choose experience over youth. But on the other hand, then ultimately they were the guys that saved our asses in the second half. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, the only thing that made that made us look good. Okay, the first goal was scored before he came on the pitch. But the best 20 minutes of last night's match, the Socceroos, was in Mark Bresciano. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I cannot believe. Um, it, and I reckon that the, even the senior guys like Brosk, Holman, um, Cahill, and you can almost count Cruz as a senior guy now because he's been around for a good two years in the squad and, and playing um, as first choice, that they were in themselves unsure of what exactly was going on behind them in that first half. And then it just kind of took over the pitch. And it's the worst thing on a pitch, isn't it, Jared? If you, you look around, you go, oh, what's going to happen here? Who's going to... How are we going to combine together? And yeah, definitely. Who, who do you look to in that situation, Joe? If you've gone out with a game plan and it's not working, do you wait for the coach to change things? Or do you, do the senior players look at each other and go, we've got to change something because this isn't working? Well, it, it's interesting. Like Sometimes you'll go out with a game plan and it, it's not working for a, a portion of time. The thing that we always get told is if it's not working, just keep your heads, stay focused, stay disciplined, Keep to the structure, keep to the game plan, and there will come a time when it will work and it will be successful. We have a plan that we believe in. It's not always successful early on. It's not always uh, you know, gives us the rewards that we deserve often, but if we stick to it, we know that we're going to get the rewards eventually. And maybe um, last night they had a game plan and it wasn't working, so they tried to change it or do things or individuals um, went away from what they were told to do to try something different. Um, whereas uh, perhaps maybe just sticking to it, um, if it's not working, um, just keep going through it and, and, and just try and get through it. Um, but it just didn't seem to be the case last night. And On the um, other hand, if, if there's a game players. plan and for whatever reason the players just aren't on it, aren't delivering it, what's the feeling as you're coming off knowing the poppers waiting in the dressing room? Um, yeah, well... Um, that's the worst thing is if uh, you've, you've gone out there and you've, uh, you've attempted to do your best and to, to play that game plan and it just hasn't worked. Um, you know, obviously there's, the players can only do so much and if they've executed the game plan properly and it hasn't worked, well then that does go back to the, to the, the boss. And, um, you know, Popper said that to us. He says, if I give you a game plan and you guys execute it properly and it doesn't come off, 
I've got to take the rap for it. I'll put my hand up for it and I'll take whatever criticism comes with that. Um, but if I give you a game plan and you guys don't perform it, then you guys have to take that and uh, we have to work together as a team to improve that. Um, and maybe that was the case. Maybe they gave a, Holger gave a good game plan and they didn't perform it or maybe the, the players were given a game plan, they played it perfectly and they didn't get the results. So that's well, what I mean, Let's talk about out. the evolution in that game plan, which we've seen before, going right back to the Asian Cup final and the plan B was kick it long to Kale. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. From wherever we are on the park. Yeah. Now that, to me, ain't a game plan. That's no, yeah. that's and and if it, if it, is not a game if plan. It gets us, if it gets us to the World Cup, panic stage. But then we, you know, that's not enough to get us out of the group at the Of World course Cup. not. No, I mean, we're stuffed. The way we've been playing the last few games, we're stuffed. Even if we get to the World Cup, we're just going to get humiliated. I mean, let's, let's look back. I printed off the last few results. I mean, let's, let's just work back. Obviously, there was last night... There was the East Asian Cup, you know. Don't scrap it. Uh, Korea Republic game where we were, you know, second best for a fair part of that. Until they changed it. Until they changed, brought some of the young players on. Iraq, get out of jail, last five minutes. We were better on that night, but they scored with their one attack. But yeah, it was still a a distinct lack of creativity. Jordan defeat, beat Lebanon in a friendly, lost to Scotland, drew with Japan, drew in Amman, lost to Denmark beat Saudi Arabia 4-2 at Amy Park. So it's a year ago. Coming from behind. Yeah. Look at Holger's KPIs over the past year, year and a half. Where has he uh, achieved anything? We slid down the rankings. We're struggling to qualify. We're not bringing youth on. Exactly where, what has he achieved? I can't see anything. Can I ask you Do we think, just on that, I mean, do we think that somebody at the FFA has thought overnight and this morning we've got four months until June, three games to qualify for the World Cup. Two months. Two months. <laughs> is is a change, put, you know, is that a potential, do we think? Well, Holger was having a good chat to Frank Lowy on the sideline last night. Don't know what about, whether or not he was talking about the sale at Westfield Chatswood today or, <laughs> or whether or not he was talking about what he just saw, I'm not sure. But I'd, I'd be surprised if he did go. Um, I'd be very, very surprised because Frank just doesn't seem that kind of guy. Um, but so there's got to be, there has to be a solution in yeah. place as well. I think I would be surprised if he gets the arse, but I think he should. And to be honest, right now, we've got two months. The, the games in June are going to be in the off-season. I would give Holger the arse, get Anjan for those two games. We need somebody who the player is going to play for for passion, not for professional yeah. reasons. There's also, there's also a very big, you know, there'll, there'll be a big question mark. Let's say they stick with Holger and we scrape through is do we make potentially the same mistake that we might have done with Pim, which was the coach that maybe got you there might not be the best coach to prepare the team for the tournament. Well, it's two totally different things. Cup. It's a t- two yeah, totally different concepts. It's almost two totally different sports in yeah. how you get to a World yeah. Cup and how you play at a World Cup. So, like, as big nations like England have found out, when you get to a World Cup, it's totally different. Yeah. Totally different game, tempo, everything like that. We, you're taking that from the angle that Holger is the best person to get us to the World Cup, even. No, I don't, no, yeah, I don't even think that is. If we say yeah. that Frank is unlikely to pull the trigger now. I don't think he's, he's going to get us to the World Cup in any case, the way he's going at the moment. I don't think he was the best person to get us to the World Cup in hindsight. And I don't think he's going to be the best person at the World Cup. We get rid of him. 
Can I just say, I think if we end up in a 3v3 in, the, in, the, in Asian qualifying and we do get through that, we've got to play a South American nation. I have no confidence right now that we can get through a South American no, uh, qualification. Yeah. And also, I just want to say that the rhetoric before the game was all about Holger saying, we're going to go out, we're going to attack these teams, we're going to play positive football, quick, yeah. quick football. Either, the, either, he's, he, either, either he's struggling to get his message across or... That's just all smoke and mirrors. Either way, he's failed. Well, but you can't, you can't really play quick football with two older midfielders and no number no. ten. Yeah, well, we're just it's impossible. Because your only your only options are sideways and and what, what, around the yeah. and wide. Why are we playing two older midfielders at home against the country that's and ranked sixty six players, sixty six points below us? Paul Gwen must have pissed himself laughing when he saw that starting lineup and thought, oh, they're just playing perfectly. Because they actually played, surprisingly enough, they played with basically two up front. Yeah, but, yeah. but then there was a big gap to the four and four. Yeah. They were just camped, you know, and they were really disciplined and well-organised. But the difference was that the two, Mubarak and I forget the other guy's name, in the middle of the park, the eight and the 12, every time they got the ball, they did something with it. They pinged it to one yeah. of their fast guys up yeah. front or it was going in a direction that they needed to be going as opposed to our two guys who... Two similar players and, and right next to each other. And interestingly enough, those games that you talk about, Jacko, over the past um, 12 months or so, I reckon the last three or four, or the majority of the last half dozen at least, we've copped an early goal. We've copped the first goal. Mm. What's he doing before the game? And that, Iraq, you know, that Iraq game, I remember us watching that and you know, six minutes to go, they were out of ideas. Mm. And yeah. what's what yeah. re-energised it? A floated corner that well, Tim Kale got his head yeah. head on, and then the last minute. But but at that point, before that lofted corner, they were gone. There were there were no ideas. And last night, know? really, I mean, you're a goalkeeper, Jared. You know, like I think their keeper could have done better with the Holman shot. You know, we oh, got that's we, harsh. He was massively <laughs> unsighted. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, this is a fellow who's never played in goal. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Kovic would have saved it. No question. <laughs> But, and uh, also, we, you know, a, a corner floated in for Timmy to do what he does. So, you know, it wasn't like we unlocked them. How much space was kicking? No, having one on the corners. Well, for the amount of possession we had to, to come out with, I don't know, what did we have, 15 corners or something? Yeah. And you know, we had to score from one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, um, let's, let's talk about the crowd and the stadium. And I'm not saying that, I'm not blaming the crowd here, but it was quiet. You know, does, it, the, does the crowd was, lift the players, or do the players is it the players' responsibility to lift the crowd? But thirty-five thousand in an eighty-five thousand stadium is not an intimidating place to come and play for the away sides. And are we making it too easy for them with this continuation of, of putting ourselves in stadiums that we that we're never going to fill I under these sort of games? Sorry, yeah. I, I don't mind the idea of uh, I think there was an article before the game about boutique stadiums and those sort of things yeah. at a Parramatta Stadium where you can maybe pack it out with with twenty five thousand people and have twenty five thousand people good atmosphere. Um, and, a, and a great game rather than like I felt I felt really lonely sitting in the crowd if you'd have taken the, the crowd from Saturday night's game from the derby and put it in ANZ it would not have been the, the cauldron that it was no, same amount of people not. same amount of noise but in that cavernous stadium it just gets exactly lost. right well we actually thought that we may have had more people at our game than the Socceroos game not until we actually saw the crowd did we know that they had more mm. but we were actually surprised that uh, there was an extra 10,000 people in that ground because it didn't look it it looked That's really empty. But that, that crowd, that crowd at Allianz is it can create creates completely different atmosphere Unless for the opposition. Unless you can guarantee 85,000 or you know 75,000 which 
these days you're struggling to even think about getting for the Socceroos. Unless you can get, get that at uh, ANZ, it's a waste of time. And the concern is that this is a, you know, this is clearly a financial decision for the FFA decision. because yeah. ANZ make it so much more attractive for them to play there. Yeah. But they get I believe and, yeah. it is putting our qualification at risk. And and Doesn't so help. so you play okay, maybe save a quarter of a million dollars last night, but miss out on qualification for the World Cup. That's going to yeah. be worth a hell of a lot more. June, June 18, they'll play at ANZ. They've got a contract. They'll play there, oh, um, no, no, but unfortunately. But it, I thought after that good spell we had after the first goal, and there was about a 10-minute 10 10 minute spell everyone was getting behind, and then it kind of, like everyone got bored of getting behind them type thing. And, and you were I mean, wanting them we, to carry it all the way to the full-time whistle. The goal, and, you know, that stunned the, the crowd into silence, I thought. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, it took the window of... The player sales and the crowd sales as well. First half? Yeah. Yeah, well, they didn't deserve to be in atmosphere in that first no. half. We, but we uh, were up quite high, and even when you could see the, the green and gold army behind the goals, you could see that they were doing something. It just wasn't even carrying to us. We no. were, like, on halfway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the, it's just a, you could see the Armani's going off yeah. when the second goal. In a box where we jacked up? What? In a box where we jacked up? No, we were outside. It wasn't like bulletproof grass. <laughs> there weren't prawn sandwiches in the box. There were the old prawn sandwiches. I mean, I was just talking before to Jared. I mean, how, you know, five or 6,000 RBB at that game would have changed things, you know, in terms of just the level, the intensity. I'm not sure about the, the cavernousness, but. If we had the RBB supporting the Socceroos last night, but they probably we were. were. I saw so many Western Sydney jerseys, and had, but there were flares, so there almost certainly was five thousand in a thirty-five thousand crowd. But yeah, I think you know if it had been Allianz, for example, that would have been almost a sellout, and as well as the atmosphere it creates, it also adds to the Socceroos brand. I think because if you're selling out stadiums, it becomes a must-buy ticket. You've got to get in there early. And mm. that adds so much more to a team, whether it's the Wanderers at the Sydney Derby or whether it's the Socceroos against Oman. If you're struggling to get a ticket, then everybody's talking about it. And it's something more... Yeah, it creates that yeah. demand. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, also as a player, I mean, at ANZ, you're so far away. The fans are so far away from the pitch as well. I mean, does that make a difference when the fans are right on top? Oh, of course. Think? Of course. When you're, uh, you know, you're so close that if a ball goes you know, over to the fence that uh, you can actually, you know, fans can almost touch you, um, you know, that, uh, that, that just makes a, a real great atmosphere, um, not just for the players, but for the fans as well when they're watching, um, and when you, that noise is a lot closer and the players can hear, or the, the fans can hear the players, you know, talking to each other on the, on the field if the, the rest of the crowd isn't, um, isn't too loud, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I certainly like it, and I think it, it certainly proves the point why the, the people of Western Sydney didn't want to have the Wanderers play out of ANZ Stadium. Because yeah. um, yeah. we wouldn't be the same club if Best we played, if yeah. we played yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. To, play there, um, you know, to, to play there uh, would, have been, uh, would have been a disaster for our whole community and our whole um, support base. So yeah. um, good decision. And actually, actually Parramatta Power, who you know, formerly in the NSL, mm. once played at ANZ Stadium and pulled 985 fans. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and can you imagine what that was like? Wow. Well, I playing, can't get playing at uh, Gold Coast United, I can't yeah. I can imagine a crowd of 900. And, uh, but I think uh, I think the club boosted the numbers to a bit over a thousand. So. All right. I mean, overnight was the worst possible result yeah. uh, with Jordan beating uh, Japan. Um, you know, ideally Japan, Japan would have won that and qualified already and taken the pressure off, and the game 
what we got the, the next game coming up away in Japan. Well, even if they drew, they would have gone through because of last night's yeah. result. Bloody Endo, who's played how many games for Japan? 287 or whatever it is. He missed a pen. Missed a penalty. Fair, yeah. fair yeah. save yeah. by the keeper if you haven't seen it, by the way. But um, yeah, that uh, that screws us all round basically because yeah. I play full strength on June 4. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so we've got Kagawa and Endo and whatever else and fantastic. I know. I don't know. And June. So I guess I guess the the equation I guess is still relatively straightforward in principle on paper, which is beat Jordan and Iraq at home and qualify. Depending on what Oman do. Yeah. We couldn't beat Oman at home. I know I'm saying on paper, but it still should be in our hands. Anything from the Japan game would be a bonus. If we can a point out there would be gold. If we can't beat a team that's sixty six point places below us, we can't take anything for granted. And I'm not optimistic anymore. No. I agree. I'm very, very, very if, worried. Why should we be optimistic? There's nothing you can pick the bones out of that and say that was a job well done. We're happy for ratings. Let's just going to go down to the wire. <laughs> oh, I've got to think of a positive. Come oh, on. Top six final series. Just yeah. anything to draw it out. It's a Fox conspiracy, actually. We made last night happen. Um, in terms of friendly, though, were you guys disappointed that there wasn't a friendly before this on the Friday or Saturday? Oh, it'd be, I think anyone who's a Socceroos fan, you want to see the Socceroos play, well, after last night, maybe. <laughs> no, but you want to see them play as much as possible. But Hog has banned them. He's, he said flat out, no friendlies, don't want them, don't like them. We proved in before the, the Jordan game, game the yeah. Lebanon experience, yeah. when they maybe took a few things granted after beating Lebanon 3-0, which I don't get. I would have thought that's down to the management to have perhaps curtail such thought and things like that in the camp. Couldn't control them and they, they got beat by Jordan. So ever since it's been scrapped and he's costing the FFA money as well by doing it. Yeah. So it's his call. I mean, he's the coach, so he needs to prepare the team. He's got the mandate to prepare the team however he sees fit. Every penny so, they uh, saved from going to ANZ could have been recouped by playing at Allianz and playing a couple of friendlies. All I was thinking on the drive home last night from the stadium was having spent that week at the uh, AIS for the National Technical Seminar with Hamburger, putting up the fundamental transformation from fight ball to football. And I was driving home thinking, what have I just watched? <laughs> 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 How far along now are we at national team level? But I should say also that that feature will be in the next issue of 442 Magazine. Jacko's... Uh, Out when? Uh, uh, very soon. Ten weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks. Week on Wednesday, darling. Where's the printout? All right, that is it for... All right, let's... A quick round. Okay, Kev, I think I know you'll put... Holger, stay or go? Now, if you were Frank Lowy... What would you be doing this morning? Sacking him over breakfast. And appointing who? And temporarily at least through June, July. And then just to try and get us through these final qualifications and then make a decision after that. And presumably trying to find somebody who the player is going to play for on a personal, professional basis as well as just a manager who's in it as a career move and this bonus. I know. Um... Yeah, I would get rid of him, and I'd be calling Popper, but I don't think he would take the job. So I'd call Ange. Adam, keep him, mate. Say draw. No, keep him. <laughs> make him assistant. Bring in Franz Beckenbauer. <laughs> <laughs> Work for Germany? <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, what's the alternative? Seriously, Ange isn't going to take it. Popper ain't going to take it. What's the alternative? Ange's got the All Stars to prepare for. 
True. So, uh, he's got yeah, I agree with Adam. I mean, I, I don't know really how to answer this question. I have aspirations of playing for the Socceroos, so I can't really be, be going against the organisation. But um, yeah, I agree with Adam. I think he, you know, it's too tough of a situation now to to get rid of a coach in this period. S- stick with him. Hopefully, we can qualify, and then they can make uh, decisions with a bit more time and a bit more of a clear head. I would say the damage was done 18 months ago, as far as I'm concerned with Hogan. Well, I mean, that's why I brought in those games, because I'm yeah. trying to look back and say, when was the last yeah. good performance from start to finish? We went, we're on the right track. That I can see where we're going. I can see the system. I can see the structure. Yeah. I can see where we're heading. I, I mean, it's not been there yeah. for the last 18 months, really. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, that's it for part one. We'll be back in at part two to uh, review round 26 uh, of the A-League. Join us after the break. The April issue of 442 is on sale now, where we talk to the sharpshooters, Archie Thompson, Daniel McBreen, and Spanish sensation Michu. We interview Vince Grella about retirement before he returns to Italy. Speaking of which, can Mario Balotelli help AC Milan back to the promised land? Plus, German great Michael Ballack answers your questions. All this and plenty more in this month's 442. On sale at your local newsagent, at the App Store or on Zinio. You go to all the trouble of finding the right car, so make sure you also choose the best finance provider too. No, they aren't all the same. Quite simply, you shouldn't look any further than Go Car Loans when it comes to car finance because, well, simply they focus on you. With Go Car Loans, you'll receive personal service tailored to your individual needs, with the focus being on getting exactly the right loan to suit your circumstances. So get the Go Car Loans team working for you today. You can apply online at gocarloans.com.au or call 1-300-884-075. Go Car Loans. They'll give you the green light. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to look at uh, round 26 action. Looking at the uh, results, obviously the first game was played back in February, uh, which was the Jets versus Wellington. You know, freak of the scheduling. Uh, Melbourne victory, Perth glory. Alistair Edwards is a fantastic start, Perth glory. Three-year deal for him. Uh, celebrate with a 94th minute winner from Josh Risden. The Bunbury Mullis, I think they call him. Could he be the next Socceroo coach? Not bad. (laughs) Not a bad call. Maybe not next, but uh, further down the line. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seems to be able to make a good impact. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, things have changed over in Perth uh, in in a short period of time. And I think they deserved their win. And uh, Victory had an off day. And I think Ange said it after the game that there were too many players out there who looked comfortable which is always a bit of a worry when the coach has to say that um, and uh, Perth well they've got a massive game this weekend and they can make the finals yeah Jesse Macarunas yeah. Uh, it was a bit of an interesting turnaround if he'd still been at Perth he would have probably been you know one of the star players under Ali Edwards uh, and yeah, I think it just goes to show that you know Ali Edwards is giving youth a chance and being rewarded by it with the uh, the winner. Did you work with Ali Edwards, Jared? It's all three. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't uh, worked with him before, but I've worked with a number of um, their or Perth's players um, uh, who was who were at Gold Coast, and um, you know, obviously he's come in and and uh, done something right because they've had some fantastic results since he's mm-hmm. taken over. And I guess, to me, Fergie is kind of a very Holger-esque kind of coach. You know, you just see the difference immediately when you take that kind of coach out of the equation and you bring in somebody like Ali, you know, we all know how good Ali is, philosophically, you know, and he's clear on his direction. He deserved the win, I think. Adam Ange didn't hold back in his post-game as his... 
Traditional? No. I, I did ask him, so was it like that to your players, like nice and calm but pretty much to the point, or did you go off your brain? You go, I'm not telling. So I couldn't get that out of him, but, I mean... His point was extremely valid and totally made sense, and I don't think you're going to see a performance like that from Victory anytime soon again because it, it would have put a rocket right up him. And uh, especially the young players that they would have been um, reminded somewhat of what it is to be a professional footballer. I'd say some of them, and it's part of the learning process. Afternoons like that, when you when you go through it, and you, you kind of feel like you're going through the motions and everything like that. We do it in all walks of life, but uh, that was a fair old reminder and a good reminder at a perfect time, I reckon, for Victory. Yeah, and Jared, you know, last-minute winners from side is always a good sign. It's a sign that you know the, the side is together, playing to the end. Don't know when they're beaten. You know they yeah, still come in handy with with glory. Late push into the finals, anything can happen with sudden death finals. You know they've proven that they can go away and win as well as just they've always had strong home form. But you know now they're they're proving that they can go away and win. Yeah, well, that's the uh, that's the real beauty of a of a final series, I suppose, is that uh, once you're in there, anything's possible. And uh, you know, Perth have shown recently that they've uh, really corrected a few of um, their earlier um, sort of mistakes or a few of their weaknesses, and, and and they could be a real a real danger come finals time, definitely. And Vuk, I got to say, Vuk's saves were unbelievable. As a goalkeeper, I mean, you must have looked at that and just gone, wow. Oh, definitely. He's um, he's definitely pulled off a, a couple of blinding saves in the last couple of weeks. So he's a guy that uh, is certainly in a in a bit of form at the moment, and um, you know he'll be important to, to Perth Glory um, certainly coming towards the end of the season and into the finals. Okay. Um, obviously the, the derby Saturday night, one-one. Game of the round, atmosphere of the round. You boys were out there. Yeah. Talk us through it. Kev was behind the goals, taking shots. I was in the RBB. It was uh, it was a good night. <laughs> How did yeah. you enjoy it? What do you think? You know, I mean, Kev, I couldn't talk after the game, could I? So we were uploading pictures in a cafe, and we were, you know, very, very, um, very tired. And uh, um, wasn't the best game, I think, quality-wise, but uh, for intensity. Just on the RBB, um, I've seen it. I've been to one game. It was Melbourne Heart earlier in the season. Unfortunately, been in the, the studio the whole time when when Western New played. Since they haven't played another Friday night match. What is the idiot? to football fanatic ratio in the RBB. Oh, it's tiny. I think it's, it's absolutely tiny. It's genuinely Below is tiny. 1%. But there is, you know, there's, there's dickheads. There's yeah. a couple of dickheads. Uh, but to be honest, you know, the, the stuff that uh, 2GB were cracking on about during the week, mm. uh, we actually walked through that exact stretch probably just about the time it was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were just thinking it was just boisterous fun. Yeah. A, a plate got smashed, you know. I mean, I, I watched the video on 2GB and I thought, if that's a riot. Exactly, yeah. you know. <laughs> it was just one dickhead being yeah, a dickhead. Yeah. One, yeah. Idiot. One, one idiot threw a plate. They all time. jumped on him and, and said. And a lot of people went and yeah. apologised to the Sydney yeah, fans. Yeah. You can see everybody jumping fans. in and saying, hey, you, quit it. That's right. the way it should be. And it, you know, I think so. Um, course, I mean, a plate, I, I, a plate is not a riot. You spend a Saturday yeah. night at the Roxy on yeah, <laughs> yeah, Paramount, yeah, yeah. you'll see exactly the same ratio. Oh, God, Absolutely. I think they really, you know, at the start of the season, they started off as one bay, bay 56. Obviously, with the success and obviously with the passion and, and everything that, that RBB has brought to this club and to, to this league, people have wanted to get involved. And, and with that, obviously, comes. Uh, comes the chance of, of idiots to get involved. And the RBB are, are very tight on, um, on self-policing. They want, to be a, um, they want to be something that this whole country is proud of, no matter what sport you play. They want to be, they want to be known as a good organisation 
um, of passionate people that support their football club. Um, obviously, people are going to jump on board every now and then and do things that the club and uh, the league and the RBB don't condone. Um, but they're certainly working very hard to, to make sure that they cut that out in the future and yeah. maybe something for next you know, season. This is, you know, this isn't a, like, go to King's Cross on a Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. You know, and see the idiot ratio. You know, it's, it's I mean, even we saw it in a cafe you know. in the North Shore after the game. So, you know, oh yeah, it I mean, happens every. You and know, that, that, was, that was just a couple of drunk. Uh, a drunk no, I, I do believe that female they, you know, and bloke. They yeah. should self-police each other if they know they are, but they can't be expected to police yeah. no, no. twenty thousand. That's not their job. You don't, think there's no calls in, you know for nightclub goers to self-police themselves yeah. in King's Cross. There was, it's like there's idiots, yeah. and the, you know they need to be dealt with. You know? There Definitely. was every single restaurant along that stretch was jam-packed with Sydney fans and Wanderers fans yeah. eating together, mm. yeah. completely peacefully and happily. There was a bit of banter going on. It was completely harmless, unintimidating, boisterous, but you know there was no threat of violence. Mm, yeah. I, I come to this from the background of Celtic and Rangers matches where yeah, people yeah. die after matches or before matches and I know that's kind of taken it to extremes but there was no threat to it whatsoever yeah. uh, you know you get one dickhead who takes it too far and drops a plate big deal they'll, they'll find those people they'll get them out one thing and they need to do is ban people from covering yeah, their faces absolutely. as well there's no need to cover your face with a scarf. You just look like an idiot. I think Unless it's for religious purposes, obviously, with a hijab and everything like that. Yeah. Fair enough. And I'm, but yeah. show your face, support your team, and if you're sitting next to someone who's being a dickhead, tell them they're being a dickhead to calm the hell down. To be, to be fair, you know, that's easy for us to say, but there was some stacked-looking blocks in amongst the RBB, and uh, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't turn around and tell them to stop being a dickhead. I'll yeah. tell them to calm down. But I think also the, the red and black block are our, yeah. are our active support group, mm. um, and yeah. they they're there to support. And the people who are genuine RBB members yeah. are great people. And I've met quite yeah. a lot of them. The, the disappointing thing is whenever something happens, it doesn't matter what part of the stadium they're sitting on. It doesn't matter where they are or what they are before game, after the game. It's always or the news outlets or everything. It says, oh, it was RBB. And it, it most of the chance wasn't it's even not. in the stadium. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a part of that group. So just because they're wearing a Wanderer shirt and something's gone wrong, don't call them or mm. don't say, uh, instantly just assume that they're, they're part of our active support group because our active support group is absolutely fantastic. Interestingly, you know, I was reading through the forum yesterday and Monday uh, of the, the Wanderers, the RBB, and to a man, they were embarrassed by the incidents that yeah. there was. Uh, they were deeply ashamed of the people that were responsible for it and desperately trying to find out who it was. They are blow-ins, uh, you know, the people who attach themselves to the group for that occasion. The parasites, you know, if you're going to be a thug, you're a parasite. You're living off the back of other people, uh, good, honest fans. And, you know, they're also, they are self-policing. There was one picture in our picture gallery that appeared at, fa at first glance to be three guys doing a Hitler moustache and a Hitler salute. If you look closer... They weren't actually saluting at all, and the moustache was actually a curly moustache drawn on the fingers as a tribute to one of the pals who's ill. Oh, yeah. uh, and they were, you know, self-policing, saying, oh, God, we don't need this either. Yeah. I mean, it was all explained. They really, there's a, a good 
group of fans. Uh, can I, can I just say also, we, I mean, we spent time in Parramatta before the game. What a lovely atmosphere it was. There was children, there was mums and dads. Hmm. It was a real family atmosphere. And I think, I think the only thing I would say is if they want to let the RBB march to the game, let them march on the street rather than on the sidewalks because I think that just makes it a lot easier. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the big issue. Is I haven't uh, seen or been involved, obviously, with, with one of these marches, but from, from all reports is there's just too many people and yeah. the police try to keep them onto the footpaths and try to cram them in between yeah. restaurants and things like that. It's just not possible. Yeah. I believe that for the semi-final... Um, the streets will be shut off for it, um, and that it's it, that's the responsible and smart way to do it. The amount of people um, that are now getting involved in in this uh, great spectacle on yeah. game day. I mean, it's part of the game day atmosphere. It's absolutely fantastic yeah. for all the restaurants that deck themselves out yeah. in red and black to. And then most, well. most most yeah. of Parramatta, the businesses and the council yeah. are all getting behind it anyway. Yeah. So why not make yeah. it uh, close yeah. the streets off for an hour before mm. kick off and let the fans walk to the stadium? That'll but, be a Friday night as well. So yeah. um, good I mean, night, good night at the legs yeah. after. <laughs> let's let's talk about on the pitch. Oh yeah, the, uh, Del Piero. <laughs> uh, that was the game. That's right. scored again. Uh, before Shannon Cole equalised with a free kick, which, uh, Jared, keep his perspective. <laughs> i got to be honest. Probably uh, that think. I think his walls, Shannon's a right footer. He was always going to take it. I think that wall's on the wrong side of the goal. Um, so I, I, I would say it's a keeper error based on, on that. Um, and not being on his line. Vedran Yadjetovic has still got a new GPS as, uh, as his <laughs> Christmas wish list. Was he in the ground by then? <laughs> well, because I mean, you were saying that you, you took, took you, what, two hours to get somewhere in Parramatta. I mean, you know, that, that issue is actually quite a, a real issue. It is. It? Uh, I, um, I learned very um, early on that, uh, you know, I live five minutes from the same. And I say five minutes because if I go in there on a normal day, it takes me five minutes to get there. It takes me... I reckon it takes me 40, 45 minutes to get from my house to my car space at the stadium on a, on a game day. So I learned that very quickly. Um, and it, it, it is an issue, yeah. um, certainly. So you just uh, cover your face with a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just, just park, park it somewhere and just, uh, and just get in there. But, um, yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely uh, relate and understand uh, probably what's happened with him. Uh, let's talk about the two red cards quickly. Uh, Brett Emerton's. Straight red for a challenge. Um, was it a straight? I thought it was a second yellow. No, it was no, a straight, straight, straight red. red. Straight, okay. it, it would have been a second yellow, even if he yeah. was going to be lenient. Yeah. So. Here's, the, here's the thing. It wasn't a straight red. It was a yellow, but his first yellow wasn't a yellow. Does that make sense? Ooh. Ooh. Reckon, Say reckon? His first yellow... Wasn't a yellow. ...was a clumsy thing where the ball was going nowhere. The ball wasn't in transition. He wasn't shutting down a counter-attack and everything like that. He just fell over Trafiro's back, and it was just clumsy. Just flat out clumsy. It wasn't a yellow. They're too quick on those ones. Those 50-50s, every game we see them, they're just, they're just so quick on the card. Uh, the, the tackle on Cole, that was a yellow. It, it wasn't was a red. red. It, I, I, I must admit, I thought, I thought it was a red. Because he's not looking. I'm, I'm he's out of control. I'll agree with you on that. To, to, if you I look understand. at it again, yeah. as he's lost control of his own, his head is like that. Now, I know that you can say that, OK, well, yeah. he's, he's prepared himself for the player falling on top of him. That's no excuse. Mm. You know, the law is out of control, reckless, you know, yeah, endangered yeah. another player. And it was all of those things. Yeah. So I can... And his foot was raised. Yeah. You know? he, he did... Look, I'm not just saying this because I'm obviously a Shannon's mate and his teammate, but um, I, I did think it was a red... Um, Based, he did get a, a bit of the ball, um, but obviously studs raised up straight, straight, straight into the ankle. If that, if that is his standing foot, 
and his leg can't go anywhere, yeah. then that, that's there potentially was, a break. Exactly, you know, potential, break potential for um, for Shannon to have been in a lot of trouble there. So uh, yeah. I, I'm happy for Red. Yeah. And uh, LaRocca, um, this was one of those that seemed to just be an instinctive sort of reaction. And the minute he'd done it, he knew what he'd done and was actually like, oh, God, I can't believe I've just done that. Yeah. Five seconds, yeah. yeah. It took him five seconds. He's like, oh, God. oh, my God. I've just, what just was he like after the game? Yeah, he, he was obviously disappointed. Um, it's it's one of those things that, that's that's strange. Like when you when you have a ball and, and you don't know where the player is, and you, you're just trying to get your body into a position that can uh, best protect the ball or or um, maintain that ball. And sometimes arms get flying. Obviously, um, it was he's not the sort of person that would ever um, deliberately try to harm or, or to to hurt someone. Um, and uh, it was just one of those. Um, Things that happened in the game where an arm um, went flung out, it obviously uh, got it, got him, and um, you know he was obviously very disappointed for it. What yeah, the he's, been, uh, the he's been rubbed out now for four games. So we'll yeah, effectively the lost him now for the rest yeah. of the season. Well, that's obviously disappointing. I, I read on um, that the club won't be contesting the the decision, so that's going to be a big loss for us. Certainly in a in a time where unfortunately we seem to have a, a lot of players missing and um, and injured, so. Um, he, he's going to be a big loss for us, but you know we have a we have a good good squad to, to mm. cover, and um, I'm sure we can fill that void. He's a massive loss because he covers two positions. He he's yeah. the he's the third stopper. So when Topper the stopper, and Beecham the stopper doesn't play, um, he fills in there or yeah, exactly probably right. uses him as a defensive midfielder, which he probably would have in the first semi, I think, because um, in the big games he, he seems to to rely on the La Roca and uh, and Poliak combination with Arno further forward and Moy on the bench. So that kind of stuffs his plans a little bit, the contingencies and everything like that going forward. He's just forward. a consistently good player yeah. this season. Um, what was your, f- when you first saw him, what, 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 you know, what do you think? Well, the first time we saw him, um, you know, he was just this uh, really, his personality was the thing that uh, attracted us all to him in, in, the, in the first place. He's just that, uh, that real Italian sort of uh, um, mentality, and um, he, he's just a great fun to be around. Him and Shinji are always, you know, trying to, uh, you know, compare each other to who's got the best English in the in the team and uh, all that sort of thing. So uh, they, he, he's good to have around the team. He's obviously great on the field, um, and he's a great guy to have off the field as well. Okay, um, we'll chat a bit more about life inside the Wanderers in the next part. But we'll just cover off the other two games. Um, Brisbane uh, gave themselves a shot at the finals by. Uh, Extinguishing Melbourne Hearts chances with a 2 0 win. Uh, Barisha and uh, a barnstormer from Broich, mm. um, too rarely seen this season. Mm. Not been his best year. Is he timing the. Broich? Yeah, is he timing the run? I think so. Um, he's, he was horrible in front of goal um, for the majority of the season, has been. I mean, that might change things now, that, that amazing goal, but it's been a funny season for him because you, you, he gets going and you think okay he's going to go on a ridiculous run here of six amazing games and he, he finding himself going in and out of games a little bit so I'm going up there um, tomorrow night actually it should be a fantastic game Brisbane-Sydney everything on the line hopefully both teams play that way um, and one doesn't blink and they just go at each other for, for 90 minutes because uh, it's all set up nicely Ado yeah you know, Brisbane giving them giving themselves every opportunity, as Adam says. You know, equation's pretty simple. Win tomorrow, they're in the finals. Mm. Home game should be a decent crowd at Suncorp. Yeah, they came out in force to see Del Piero the first time. Absolutely, twenty thousand plus, we'd hope for. 
Yeah, you'd think so with the public holiday the next day as well. And I think Brisbane are just building nicely now with the new Mulvey era. And uh, um, Barisha just keeps scoring. I mean, he's, he's almost the top goal scorer in the league. 13. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's there or thereabouts every week. Um, and they're a difficult team to play. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very big game for them. But look, definitely Melbourne Hart, very, very disappointing. And I'm not quite sure what the solution is right now, but there'll be a lot of questions been answered at the moment, you know, vis-a-vis John Aloisi and how he's approaching this season. And the Mariners uh, put a tough week off the uh, off the pitch um, behind them. I think they hitchhiked down to Adelaide. <laughs> um, but Daniel McBreen didn't waste any time. Goal up three minutes and Mille Stajowski finished the job late on uh, to push you boys to the wire, Jared. Well, um, yeah, it's all, all coming down to the last week, isn't it? But... Um, you can't concede in the first six minutes against the Mariners if you want a, a chance to, to win. Um, that's the, the, the end of the story. Um, they, they didn't, Adelaide didn't start well, and uh, the, the Mariners punished them for it. Um, and then obviously with a, a late goal to, to Josh, was it his first touch? Did he, had he just Second, come on? Second yeah. touch? Second. First um, was a tackle, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so two amazing feats in the course of So he's, uh, he's come on and made, uh, made the impact that obviously Arnie wanted. And yeah, you're right. It's been a, a tough couple of days for them. You know, obviously uh, we had some issues uh, last season at Gold Coast. So I can certainly um, you know, understand you know, that it wouldn't have been a, an easy time for them. So to go out there and, and to, to beat Adelaide, who, who needed a, a good result, um, you know, in front of their home crowd, um, you know, it was you know, a great game for them. Adam Adelaide's season's been a it's been a bit of a weird one. You know, they're they're comfortably in fourth, largely thanks to their first half of the season, which put them in such a good position. Mm. But have you, you know, obviously Valcanis is taking the reins on an interim basis. Still haven't made a, f- a firm appointment yet. It, how do you see his audition going? Well, word is well, not the word article in the advertiser on Wednesday today was uh, that he's pretty much got the job on a full-time basis they're, they're thinking down there so uh, Val and the, the advertiser is usually around the mark mm. with all his information so it looks like he's the man I don't know what to think about. I didn't know what to think when they were on that run because they were winning games just and late and, and they were winning games without a complete 90 minute performance and that then the, the kind of they started to get on a bit of a run where they were still having that not quite 90 minute performance and not getting the result. So I, it, it's so hard to, but then to sum up. They play 20 minutes where they play some of the best football oh, that anyone's played this season. They need Karuska back. That's, I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. They need to get the ball to Vidicic as much as possible. And when he's on song, that's when they look the best. When those two are combining beautifully through the middle of the park, that's when they're, they're very, very hard to contain. Um, they get a bit of a, a few breaks, we'll get into it shortly with, with Perth and the lineup that they're having this weekend and with all their injury worries so um, they need momentum into the finals otherwise that first Sunday they're going to find it very difficult against a team who have won to get mm. into the finals. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so the ladder is uh, obviously Western Sydney still top, three points uh, clear of the Mariners so just a point uh, would take care of it for the Wanderers uh, at the Jets this weekend. We'll talk about no, the... Uh, go the Jets. We'll, talk about the, we'll, talk about, we'll preview the games. Obviously, victory in Adelaide are, uh, are set in third and fourth, uh, but still in with the shout are Brisbane, Sydney, Perth Glory and the Jets have all got a chance to qualify for those fifth and sixth places. So, you know, from a league perspective, to go into the final round of the season, 
with the champion championship still up for grabs and two final spots up for grabs. Mm. It's not bad. Not Although it's not all played at the same time. No, so. I knew yeah, that was we'll going to come. <laughs> we'll get on to that. Hold that thought. We'll be back after this break. Buying a car is a big commitment. You need to make sure you have the right car at the right price before you sign on the dotted line. So the best thing to do before you buy a car is log on to the Behind the Wheel website. At behindthewheel.com.au, you'll find dozens of unbiased and independent new car reviews. Browse by different manufacturers and find exactly what's right for you. While you're at behindthewheel.com.au... Check out the latest car industry news, read motorcycle reviews and news, and pick up some handy road safety tips too. Don't sign anything until you visit behindthewheel.com.au. The April issue of 442 is on sale now, where we talk to the sharpshooters, Archie Thompson, Daniel McBreen, and Spanish sensation Michu. We interview Vince Grella about retirement before he returns to Italy. Speaking of which, can Mario Balotelli help AC Milan back to the promised land? Plus, German great Michael Balak answers your questions. All this and plenty more in this month's 442. On sale at your local newsagent, at the App Store or on Zinio. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's Bumper 442 Insider Podcast. We are going to look at the final round of the A-League. Still all to play for, as we talked about. Um, five games this weekend, not being played simultaneously. Um, our Fox Sports representative, do you want to carry the can for that? Defend yourself. Right. What's wrong with a red button? <laughs> <laughs> first things first. Uh, CFFA's cool, okay? So we pretty much go along with it, although we have obviously a say. Our point of view, and I think the FFA go along the same line, is what's the bigger competition in this whole competition? First past the post or grand final? At the moment, it's grand final. So we're pumping up that. MLS, Korea, they have final systems. They don't play in the last, their last um, day. But, but one of the issues is, is that by not playing... The final round simultaneously, you could be corrupting that final system well, because the the, the uh, results could be manufactured. Mm-hmm. Because knowing what has happened on Friday night, a team on Sunday might field a weakened team that then lets another that team that they play into the finals. Or Arnie's threatening to field a youth eleven if he's uh, out of it. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I'd do the same thing. But what yeah, I'm saying is that decision not to play is potentially corrupt in your showpiece, in, in, which in your view, I mean, I personally think the showpiece should yeah. be the first I, I would guarantee you, though, if Graham Arnold was playing Sydney FC and not Melbourne Hart, who cannot make the finals, he wouldn't play his youth team. He, he wouldn't go along. Those Everyone will see fit. I know Arnie would come out and say, well, I'll do what's best for my club, and I... Hate Fox Sports and everything like that. I'll do Ange Sports as he calls it sometimes <laughs> as well. Um, Are you saying Ange? Uh, Arnie whinges? No, I do not believe you, Adam. Uh, yes, exactly. He, he loves a siege mentality, and I get that about Graham. So he, he creates siege mentalities, which is fair enough, and that's that's the way he operates, and it's proven to be successful. So why change? Kind of. Yeah, well, <laughs> at the moment it's been okay. He hasn't won. he has won a Premier's place. You know, I mean, let, let's. I mean, the, the one with the one game here. I mean, let's take Adelaide for instance. Yep. Notoriously difficult sort of you know fixtures to go to. They could just send a whoever. I know that's not going to affect things. Mm. You know, from the games being played, but I just think you know everywhere else it is like it's concurrent. 
you know, of course everyone's on the mobile phone finding out what's going on, but you mm. don't have two days to make your decision based on what happened on Thursday night between what you do on the on the Saturday. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, another thing is, I don't see the point of whinging about it now. When no, the no, no. Yeah, six yeah. months ago. Yeah, of course. Whinge about it then, year. or when they're doing it. Yeah. 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 Well, whinge about it now for next year then. Okay, so look, tomorrow night, Thursday, obviously it's Easter weekend, so uh, everyone's got four days off, plenty of time to watch football, Pardon? whilst eating lots of chocolate. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. Good luck to you. I'm going to sit next to Bosnich all week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brisbane, Sydney. So we've talked about this, both on the line. Should be a ding-dong. Should be like... Two drunk heavyweights punching out on the curb. Will it be like that? I hope so. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, you know both clubs obviously got a, a big reward at the end of it for them if they can take the three points. So, you know, I hope that every game this week is um, is a bumper and people really really enjoy the, the football this weekend. And I um, I'm sure that this will be a be a good game. Hopefully, uh, you know both sides you know do their best and and we get a good spectacle. Draws, you know, not really. Good enough for either side, because then that just leaves the door open for both Perth and Newcastle. And, and obviously, with them playing afterwards, they know, mm. they'll know exactly what they have to do. Mm. I mean, I, from a selfish point of view, I don't want to see Del Piero finish the season now. I want, I want them to be in the finals, because I want more Del Piero. I mean, I think we all agree that he's been one of the very special things ever in football in this country. So, from my point of view, I want them to do well. Um, but I just think Frank has a... He, similar to Arnley, they, he enjoys that siege mentality of defending, you know, all in, one in kind of thing. So sometimes when you have to go out and make the play, it can be a little bit more difficult for them to, to get that type of result. Mm. Yeah, uh, just talking about Del Piero, I think it's interesting, especially in the light of the, the Socceroos performance, that Del Piero has been fantastic for the, the league without any shadow of a doubt, and he has been brilliant to watch, but not every time. You know, he has had some serious off games. I mean, uh, not last game. But Give the guy before. a break. He's 39. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Carrying 10 blokes on your back. He's been better He's... more games than he hasn't oh, been. Yeah, so. Exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, there are games where he has been pretty awful, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, Sydney have been pretty awful at oh, times. Yeah, so, I mean, I think... More awful than not. But, uh, no, I just find it interesting that, you know, even the greatest player that's possibly ever graced the A-League and still have some serious off games. And you've got to see, you know, the performance of perhaps the Socceroos in, in light in perspective in relation to that too. Everyone has an off day. Um, yeah, exactly. The, the worst thing out of this match is the fact that one of them is probably not going to make the finals. Mm. So that's a bit... This it's, is it's when, you have, when, when you have an off day, you can go back in to the, and, re, and correct it. I know, it's great. That's going to tell Pierre to go... Oh, I didn't like that pass. <laughs> i just go back into back office and correct that. Oh, <laughs> I reckon Nikolai Topol Stanley's thinking of about a certain right? pass last week. <laughs> All right, prediction time. Kev, let's go around the table. I think it will be 1-1. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll be a draw as well. I'm not sure, but it'll be a draw. Brisbane. Oh, I think Brisbane's going to win as well. Yeah, I can... Uh, selfish as well. I, I would like to see Del Piero... As well, not Sydney FC, obviously, but Del Piero would be would be great for the final. I can see Brisbane winning this. Okay, spoken like a true Sunshine Coast boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a feeling it's going to end up a draw. And they're, they're going to be sat sweating for a few days. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle Jets. Well, by the way, Jacko, your favourite bet though. You're surely going to be on that red card yeah, in the game. <laughs> Sydney away. Oh yeah, I've, Moral. I've been, <laughs> I've oh, been yeah. collecting and collecting <laughs> Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My only problem now is now with Alistair Edwards, Perth seems to have become a completely different beast. 
Uh, all right, the Jets, <laughs> Western back, Sydney, actually. travel to the Jets. A point will do. Uh, this is, you know, this is a tough one, I guess, for the Jets fans because there, we were, I was talking to uh, Mark from the Jets who had the sponsorship there, and he was saying that they're in a bit of a conundrum. The fans, because obviously, <laughs> <laughs> who do they want to help out more? Yeah, they don't want to play an integral part in the Mariners lifting the uh, the plate, but uh, obviously they're still with a chance themselves to make the. Uh, so obviously their their perfect scenario is they win and then uh, Melbourne Heart get a point or beat the Mariners, but. Um, yeah, how, what's the approach going to be, Jared? Take us in inside the camp. You know, Popper's obviously kept things very level-headed. You know, um, just been everything's just been really controlled and calm. You know, is that the way that he's going to approach? Yeah, this of course game it's. As well? I know it's. Uh, you probably guys, you guys don't want to hear this, but it's honestly the the way we do business is uh, it's just another game for us. Um, we don't look past the, the game that's coming up and we don't look at the, the game that's just gone. We um, obviously do our, our review first day back. Once, once that review's done, we're finished with it and we move on. Um, we've got a big game this weekend. Every game for us is a big game and obviously this one has a, has a special reward at the end of it. And uh, I think that, we'll, uh, that the boys will be ready and we'll get the job done. And with, with, with the, the preparation for games like this, um, are, is Tony very big on preparing specifically for the opponent you're going to face do you talk a lot about you know how to deal with the opponent coming up or is it very much we'll play our game and if we get our game right we're confident that we'll we can win or does he pull out no of course um, well, you have to do a little bit of both yeah um, and I think that's been one of the the real keys to our success this year is our preparation um, and that's not just as a team but that's individually so everyone looking uh, looking after themselves and I think this year, if you, you have a look at our team, you know we haven't really suffered, you know, too many. You know, take the last two weeks maybe out, and we haven't really suffered from from too many injuries this year, um, because the boys are obviously very very diligent in, in all the work that they do in their preparation, and it's the same as a team. You know, we prepare well, we we look at the team and their weaknesses and their strengths, and then we we go and we work on our own, and um, and we put that into practice on a weekend, and and more often than not, it works. Okay, and you're expecting six or seven thousand travelling fans. Oh, hopefully more, yeah. um, as many as we can pack in there. But uh, if they can get 7,000 to uh, Central Coast on, a, on one of the worst days I've, I've ever seen with, yeah. Yeah. with, no, city, with, with city Rail um, this week? put it down. I know that uh, there's a big supporters barbecue um, for Western Sydney um, in Newcastle before the game. So Just over um, the back there, isn't it? There just over the back, yeah. yep. So they'll all, uh, all Is that be the RBB barbecue they call it? Yeah, it's the RBBQ. <laughs> so they're going to they're going to enjoy that. And, yeah. I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, plenty of Western Sydney fans that will want to be there the day that you know they they won't want to miss out on the chance to say they were there the day that they won the league in the first season. So uh, I'm sure there'll be thousands going up. I know Tony in our office will be uh, will be heading up. Yeah. Uh, the Mariners in the day after, obviously. Um, Just on Newcastle, yeah. quickly. Go back 12 months. They blinked when they had this opportunity to get into the finals. And they played one of their strangest 90 minutes of the entire season. Very interesting to see if Gary Van Egmond and his team, and indeed his staff, relayed to his players whether or not they've learnt from it. Um, because they've got a big opportunity here. I mean, the Wanderers, um, injury problems, uh, the pressure of playing for a trophy is a different pressure to any other normal fixture. Mm. So they've got an yep. opportunity. Whether or not they play mm. like they've got an opportunity. Well, again, I mean, mm. if, 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 as a few of us have tipped, the Sydney-Brisbane game ends in a draw, 
a win will guarantee them a place in the finals. Yeah. Mm. You know, so and they've had a weekend off as well. So. Utterly astonishing given the season they've had, to be honest, I think. God, yeah. 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 And potentially Heskey's final game. I mean, we don't know if he's going to re-sign, so no. a lot resting on this for them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, the Mariners will know uh, by the time, you know, the night before whether their game is immaterial or not. Um, and that will obviously then probably determine the, the sort of side that Arnie uh, fields. Um, if the Wanderers lose, they need a win. Give it alive, Dutchie. Give it alive. That's why I whispered it. <laughs> no, I, I think um, I think Newcastle put themselves to the sword just to make sure that the, the Central Coast can't win it. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're going to get to that in this game. But I, I can certainly see it doesn't matter what side um, the Mariners put out. They've obviously... Um, now, they're obviously doing something right there with their youth, and I think Arnie spoke about it after the Adelaide game, that they're producing a lot of good young players um, at that club over the last couple of years, and they're doing something very right. So I think regardless of the squad the Mariners put out, I, I think they'll win the game. Well, they have to, because all the best players leave every January. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, it's a pity they can't produce more good accountants at the club, I think. A lot of good young players, they just don't yeah. seem to know how to do the... Well, uh, Zach Anderson, a good mate of mine, is studying law, so... Um, okay. Perhaps uh, maybe he can get a, a second job and he can uh, represent the players. Well, he can yeah. pick a club, can't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor old Zach. All right, so they're right now. So what do we think? You know, <laughs> okay, right but if, if you're if you are Graham Arnold and you can't win the plate, I guess okay. So the option is you could play a completely second string side, but is the risk of that that you then you know you've got a week off anyway? you're then running the risk that your experienced players have then had two weeks with no football. No, no, they'll play Champions League next Wednesday yeah. night. So he'll play his right. first team in that. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, forgot about the old days. Yeah. And I don't think it's a weakened... People say it's a weakened side. I think some of their players who are on the fringes are great. It's a great squad. But I don't see it as a weakened side. Yeah, no, I think uh, it'd be good for the, the younger guys mm. or the, the second string guys to get a run out apart from anything else anyway. Okay. But it'd be just like Melvin Hart to come out and win 4-0. And finally win an away match. <laughs> what odds would you get for yeah. that? Seriously, Jacko, for a 4 nil heart win. I mean, what, what would you get? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's not a red card. <laughs> no. Market, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, right. Well, I, I like bets that are in play. <laughs> you go 4-0 heart, Mariners score after five minutes. Like... <laughs> um, all right, Perth Adelaide. Cards have fallen well for Perth. They've got a home game. Um, again, they will know exactly what they need to do by the time they play. Um, if results go their way, a win will take them into the finals. Problem Draw is, might not be enough. Problem is, who's going to score their goals? Dodd, gone. Knee, smelts, gone. Caved in face, again. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of luck, that oh, fellow. Poor Blake head, does it? <laughs> that was a shock. And Strebray Golovsky, what yeah, on earth are you thinking? Anyway, uh, if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube. It's a, it's a shocker. And uh, Chris Harrell, calf, out. So, oh, who they got? Who they got? Get Andrew Zinio back in. I'll leave you <laughs> with that. I've got a phone number. He's only in Cyprus. He's only in Cyprus. He's only in Cyprus. He's only in Cyprus. Andrew Zinio. No. Yeah, so just when you think it's probably going to all fall into place for Perth, all of this happens at once. And they so. sold Billy Mehmet during the Fergie yeah. era, which they could have used right now, which is yeah, quite bizarre. He's now playing for Bangkok Glass or something. Yeah, well, he's signed to them anyway. I don't yeah. know if he's playing for them. Uh, but yeah, it's all part of the good old uh, cost-cutting measure by Tony C. 
I mean, Adelaide don't have a lot to play for unless you sort of think that they might see third as being beneficial to fourth. But looking at the sides, that gonna, I mean, it's you know, it's they're at home. Which mm. who do they play in the finals? Then if they were so, if, if third, you play fourth. If you third, fourth, you play third, you play fifth. Fourth, no. you play no, sixth. Third, third play six. six. Three play six. Yeah, four play five. The highest, yeah. Yeah. Now the the winners in the first week, the highest ranked winner plays. Whoever finishes second, second, and the lowest ranked winner plays whoever finishes first. Right, Makes sense. Yeah. Yep, it'll make sense once it all happens. All right. <laughs> I like the initiative for this game as well. I think the the main stand of their new uh, the new stadiums open, and I think ten thousand free yeah. tickets to get. So oh, hopefully, football uh, West, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why already. Yeah. Hopefully, oh, a great. fantastic crowd in there to support their home team, and that that may be. Yeah. Something that gets them over the line, um, you know. As you said, Adam, uh, they've got some injury concerns up front. Um, that could be one of the, the factors that gets yeah. them over the line. Who knows? Yeah. It'll be great to see that stadium finally, you know, full of fans and that whole, yeah. you know, the whole QB, QBE sign gone and the fans in there. And uh, I think I think the emotion will take them over the line, yeah. even though they're quite weakened. Okay. An earthquake. Final game. <laughs> it's uh, room shaking. <laughs> the final game is Wellington Phoenix at home to Melbourne Victory. Obviously, nothing to play for for Phoenix. Uh, similarly, Victory. Obviously, they you know they'll, they'll want to hold on to third. Um, Avoid the spoon, the Knicks. A bit to play for. It's better than finishing last. Yeah, I agree. That's a so I agree. For yeah. No relegation. Yeah. Mm. Don't have that attitude. No, you don't want to. You don't have a wooden spoon for six months. It's, it's no, got to be for us, seriously. For us, what no. is the difference between finishing tenth and ninth when nothing happens wherever you finish? Yeah, oh, you're a wooden. There's certainly, there's certainly for players. There's a, there's that pride aspect, um, and there's, uh, there's nothing worse than, than being involved in, in a team and, and you finish last in, in the league. Um, you know, as as a player. Thank you, Jacko. As a oh, as a oh, player, okay. um, there's certainly that pride, and not just the the pride for yourself, um, but you know, you, you're playing for a community, you're playing for a, you know, a, a region, and all of the people that have come and supported you. You want to, you don't want to finish last um, for them as well. So. And it's so a long off season as well. It's not like a four food. week off season. Where I come from, there is a real issue with coming last because you play in a division low. Even third lower. last, pal, hey? I'm yeah, worried about that. Yeah, well, he's a month. Villa fan, <laughs> so uh, he's no, a bit edgy. No Premier League talk on this podcast. <laughs> All right, so that is... Uh, I mean, how do we see this going? Tips. Who's going to be Premiers and who is going to be five and six? By the way, just on yeah. Melbourne victory, Angie's going to play Rojas Thompson. He's going to take them all, so yeah. he'll, he'll probably play them all. Oh, Milligan, he'll be fresh. And presumably Rojas stays in New Zealand yes. to go to that game. So He has stayed over there. Yeah. Well, no, did he come home? Because he wasn't involved in their second match because they okay. played their second team against Solomon Island. So, anyway. Kev, Kev. Premiers, fifth and sixth. Wanderers, Brisbane, Perth. Ada? Wanderers, Brisbane, Sydney. Oh, status quo. Whoa. <laughs> Do you think Paris is going to lose? Or draws? I does just work that as maths. It's feasible. The Brisbane and Sydney are going to draw. It is feasible. Wanderers are going to win it. That's the main thing. Fifth and sixth hour, we'll let that go. I think Wanderers will get over the line with a late goal, and it'll be mayhem. Well, on that late goal. Adam? I know you won't score it, but I know that somebody is going to score it. 
Central Coast. Oh, what? Ooh. Adam, please. <laughs> Winston's got something to say about that. <laughs> Winston's just farted in my face. <laughs> Winston. Uh, <laughs> oh, just to be different. Uh, Central Coast. Um, hang on. Brisbane. Perth. So even though Newcastle will win 2-1 at Hunter Stadium with a late Heskey winner. Sorry, Jared. They will miss out on the finals because Perth will beat Adelaide and Brisbane will beat Sydney. Okay. Um, it's you, IBB. <laughs> obviously, uh, Wanderers <laughs> will take out the league. Um, and I think that the fifth and sixth spots will go to Brisbane and Perth. And, uh, yeah, if you're thinking of a, of a late goal, I think I tweeted you uh, before the, the Sydney derby. Uh, my mum did some research um, on the Wanderers' goals and found that our... Um, our best passages or the best time frames to score for us are the 45th, around around the 45th, around the 70th and around the 80th. So I tweeted Adam before the game and said, this is my mum's research and bang on 70 minutes, Shannon Cole scores a, a free kick. So right, if you look out for a late goal, Whoever, Whoever's responsible for the A-League app, could they please take Bob McCall and get her on the payroll? <laughs> I didn't that's get until that's after infinitely more like insightful that. than anything I've got yeah. from that this season. <laughs> Is that, is that the app that had somebody had... 9-1. 9-1, yeah. When the Mariners beat Melbourne, it had it as 9-1. There were nine goal scorers. <laughs> so there you go. There's uh, Jared's mum's tip for the, uh, for the week, final round. So after, those, after those tips, I'm, I'm <laughs> praying that they have you pitch side for the one yeah, for home final. There's half a chance I will be as well. And it'll be, who do we sing for? Not you. you... <laughs> no, it's nothing against the Wanderers. I just think that... The, the injury list. That's the only reason. It's nothing to do with the fans. It's nothing to do with Jared sitting right next to me. It's just that there's too many injuries. No, I'm going to tip the one to us together. I think I'll get. I think it'll be a draw. Hang I on. Think... Hersey's playing, isn't he? Hersey is back. Yeah, well, you haven't lost with him. So um, I, think, I think. I think. Had you needed to win with the injuries and the suspensions, I think it might be a draw. But I think that knowledge that a draw is enough. I think will. Uh, I think you'll yeah. get. Through. I think mentality is a big thing in yeah. in, in sport, and I think um, that the boys are gonna gonna have that. For this weekend, definitely. Okay. Not so sad. So I'm going to take one for the title, yeah. and I think I'm going to agree with you, Kev. I think it's going to be Brisbane and Perth. So no more Del Piero. This could be the last. Until next season. Thursday next night could be the last the one. Maybe. To the All Stars. If he's persuaded to come back, presumably he's going to be in Italy about that. No, nah, they'll be back for pre season. He'll have May off. Early June. Yeah. He'll have all of May off, and then they'll be back for June. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. He's been paid two and a half million dollars a year. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see. That sounds like you've got some inside knowledge, No, I just, I just don't think they'll drag him back. I don't think he will come back that early, personally. Okay. Maybe all of his staff want a bit more holiday. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> a personal photographer. I don't know if he's got a personal photographer for around everywhere. For his Facebook page. For everything. He does an exhibition at the end of the year. In wow. Italy. Good gig. Yeah. Very nice gig. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, Joe, for coming in yeah. and My for pleasure. taking us inside the Wanderers camp. That's been brilliant insight. Adam, as always, great to have you here, mate. As always, good yeah. to be here. Uh, Newcastle safe yet? Not quite. Yeah. Safer than Villa, though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 safe, yeah. Liverpool this weekend. <laughs> Easy. We've got City. Ada, Kev, thanks as always. Simon, thanks for uh, thanks, pulling Simon. it all together. And uh, we'll be back next week to preview the first week of the finals. Mm-hmm. So get out. It's Easter. Get out. Support your local team. 
Uh, get out and watch the A-League, and we'll see you next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.